bare bones of cliffs to the harbor where there were so many ships, I could not assign a finger to all of them. I used up ten fingers counting ships, tucked my elbow into my side to keep the first ten safe, used my fingers over again, and had to tuck in my other elbow. Altogether there were ten ships, ten ships, and eight more ships, long and slim, with black hulls and red sails. Each sail was stitched with a white octopus, its long legs tied in knots. You have enough ships to take Troy, don't you? I said to the king. My father sailed past Troy every year. He admired Troy, but hated her more. Troy, repeated Nakander, and he and his men looked east where Troy lies, far, far away. Troy is built on a citadel above a strange, rough river that runs uphill into a second sea. Beyond the second sea are endless supplies of slaves and grain, gold and amber. The river is the Hellespont, and only with a very strong wind can a ship go up it. If there is no wind, a ship waits in the harbor of Troy. On the return voyage, when the ship's hold is full, Troy takes her share. She is the richest city on earth. No, said Nicander, I could not take Troy. We waded out to the ships. Seaweed and I played here. The stones were flat and good for skipping. Is Callisto on the ship? I asked the king. Or is she at your house? Callisto is at my house, said the king, although my house is called a palace. She isn't very well, Alexandra. She can't run and jump the way you can. You will sit quietly with her and spin. What kind of adventure would that be? A man as hairy as a goat leaned over the edge of the king's ship to lift me on board. He laughed at the idea of a girl hostage when there were boys to take, and he tossed me high into the air. My father threw me around all the time, and I loved it. But when the goat-haired man caught me, I saw he had expected me to be afraid. I am never afraid, I said severely. I can do anything. I can swim underwater, and my brothers can't do that. I can even swim into father's caves. The king was still waist-deep in the water, his men cupping hands to give him a leg up. Can you now, said the king. And what caves are those, Alexandra? Where father keeps the real treasure, I said. It took Nicander's men all afternoon to get my father's treasure out of the caves and loaded into the ships. How they laughed, congratulating Nicander on his wisdom, taking a silly girl as hostage instead of an intelligent boy, a girl who had just sold out her own father. The king's ship was hollow inside, the deck planks removed to reveal the hold, In went piles of spears and bee-wasted shields, ingots of bronze and a silver sword pommel, a gold mask and ivory combs. I sat on a coil of rope. It was damp and salty, the color and texture of an old woman's hair. Waves lapped against the ship like dogs drinking from a puddle. What would father say to me when I got back tonight? At last, Lycos bellowed, Deck the ships! The slamming of timber was heard on all sides as the cargo was covered by the deck beams. The masts were lifted and placed in their supports, 
and the anchor stones raised. Nicander flung wine into the sea. Earthshaker, he shouted to the god. Give us a safe return home. The wooden ships groaned and creaked. Bright banners slapped in the wind. There was no need for rowing with the wind so fine, and the men relaxed on their benches. I had not known that when you sailed away from your island, it got smaller. I had not known it would vanish. I kept my eyes fastened to the place where my island had been. The sun was going down. The sea turned molten gold and the sky purple. It's bedtime, I said to the king. I can't play with Callisto after all. We have to sail back home now. You're not going home, Alexandra, said the king. Not tonight or any night. Sifnos will be your home. I stared at him.